Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned into the sounds of MaximumFM.ca and on your preferred podcast player choice. It is your man, DM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are live on the airwaves at a special time of 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will be very transparent and say to myself that this was a very uh, spur-of-the-moment cool radio episode, Uh, not only because I decided to air one this week, uh, but also be also due to the time of it as well. Like I remember the last time we were on the air, uh, we started once again at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to do that again for this week. Uh, mind you, this won't be a reoccurring thing um, going forward. Like Not all the time, at least. There may be some times here and there where it will be reoccurring, so I do apologize for the confusion and inconvenience that there are for, for some listeners. But again, if you are listening live, we'll, we'll kind of play around with, with that 7.30 time slot. Uh, but for those of you guys who will listen later on through the podcast, business as usual, essentially. Um, but this week, um, this week has been a very difficult week. And I'm sure all of you know why. And if you are listening to this live or later on in the podcast... Then you know what the show's brand is all about. You know what we uh, what we discuss on a regular basis, on a weekly basis at that. Um, and it's no secret that I'm going to talk about what has been on everyone's minds and everyone's lips throughout the entire week. And that is the sudden tragic passing of NBA legend Kobe Bryant. Not only him, but also one of his four daughters, Gianna Bryant, a.k.a. Gigi. Uh, she unfortunately passed away, as well as seven, as well as seven other passengers uh, on the helicopter who passed away as well. And um, normally, for my show, I usually have you know scripts and lines prepared for me to say. Not necessarily scripts, but just a basic rundown of topics to touch upon. That way, I don't forget to say what I need to say. Uh, but for this one in particular, I figure it would be best for me to just. Go off the cuff, shoot, shoot, shoot straight from the hip, um, and then just see where my mind takes me because I am a very transparent individual. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to uh, scale back upon. Uh, I just want to go. I just Maximum go. FM, Canada's home for hip hop. Oh, okay. Did not expect that. Um, I just want to go freestyle with it, essentially. Um, and so basically what I'm going to do for what would normally be my let that ish breathe segment, which is within the first 10 minutes of the show, I'm going to talk about my reaction, my immediate reaction as far as what happened within that first, uh, first instance of me finding out about Kobe's death. And then throughout the throughout the main segment block of the show, I'll talk about the influence that he had on the game and how he transcended the game. And then going into trip talk, I'll go into the normal uh, format, so to speak. So with that said, let's get into it. 
let's let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yeah. Uh, wow. And I'm just getting an update right now via Bleacher Report that uh, LeBron James got a tattoo on himself saying "Mama for life." Man. Oh man. Um, so let me give you guys a rundown of how I first found out, because I'm sure everyone's been talking about that for the entire week. Uh, but essentially how I found out was this. So Sunday, this is on Sunday afternoon, um, I went for my um, my weekly run. Well, not weekly, but I, I do my runs on Saturdays and Sundays, just like my, my 7K runs and what have you. Uh, by the way, uh, before I continue on, shout-outs to the No Hard Feelings podcast. I'm definitely going to have all of them on the show at some point in time, very soon. Uh, we just have to negotiate times as far as when they can come. But I'm definitely going to have them on the show very soon. And I was on their podcast uh, this past Monday, uh, the day after Kobe's death, uh, to discuss um, his death. And interesting enough, they decided to do an impromptu episode, and they were gracious enough to ask me, uh, to come on the show, and I gracefully, you know, graciously accepted because honestly, I, like, I needed to not only vent about this to them, but just vent in general. But anyways, I digress. Make sure you listen to their latest episode, which is in, which is dedicated to Kobe Bryant as well. Shout out to them. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I just finished exercising, had my shower, and then I just kind of dozed off on my bed because yeah, I was a bit tired, but a bit exhausted, not just from that, but just from the week that was. Uh, and then I woke up around quarter to three, I want to say. And keep in mind, I haven't gone on social media. I've barely watched any TV, if any, at that up until that point. So I got up, did my laundry, just did some general chores around the house. And then three o'clock came, and I think I was just putting away the recycling bin. And my dad is screaming frantically. He's like, Danny, Danny, uh, a Lakers legend just passed away today. So I'm thinking, okay maybe someone from like the 60s or the 70s maybe even the 80s i'm not sure and he's like oh uh it was a uh, co what's his name co co and i'm thinking like in my mind i think like, he's not talking about kobe kobe's like 41 years old he's the same age as my sister he didn't, he didn't just die but you know just for the sake of you know helping out my dad <laughs> try to remember the name of the person he's trying to think of i was like oh you mean kobe and he's like, yeah, he died. I'm like, I'm like, wait, hold on. Wait, what? Like, I'm thinking he's getting his words mixed up or he's getting his stories mixed up. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Like, say that again. Kobe's dead. What? He's like, yeah, Kobe died in a helicopter crash. That's what the news is saying. And I just, I was like, no, no, no. So I literally stopped what I was doing and I ran upstairs. I ran, I didn't even bother to like, look for the remote in my living room even though i was right there i was like no so i ran upstairs to find out exactly what the hell was going on and then i ran to my dad's room and then it said kobe bryant or sorry nba legend kobe bryant or nba star whatever the case may be died in a helicopter crash and i was like no i had my hands on my head i was like no 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 and then like i just kind of leaned back on my dad's door I was like, oh, my God, no, no. My jaw just dropped. I just felt sick to my stomach. I felt like I wanted to throw up. I couldn't believe it. Like, 
I didn't shed a tear in in all honesty, and like I'm not ch- saying that to sound all macho or anything like that, but tears were starting to form in my eyes. I can't even feel like my eyes were starting to water up. I didn't cry right then and there, but it it hurt. It hurt a lot. It really hurt, mainly because of the fact that he was gone too soon and he was gone in the most tragic way possible. Not only that, but at that moment, I didn't know who else was on the the helicopter. So apart from the pilot, of course, but I didn't know who was on there. And then, then that's when they started saying, oh, uh, rumors are speculating that, you know, his daughter was on there or his entire family was on there. Another rumor was saying how Rick Fox was on the helicopter with them as well. So I didn't know what to believe at this point, but all I could believe, well, hard to believe, but all I knew that was confirmed at that moment was that Kobe Bryant had in fact passed away and not only that but there was a basketball game later on that day there's two one of them was the Toronto Raptors going up against the San Antonio Spurs and for those of you guys who are Raptors fans know that DeMar DeRozan once played for the Raptors and is now playing for the San Antonio Spurs and if you guys know DeMar DeRozan like many players but especially him he grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant's I mean, look at the way he plays. And I have to say that Kobe is a remix of Michael Jordan. But for those who grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, they basically grew up watching Kobe. They, they almost, in a sense, grew up with him. So I'm sure DeMar and many others saw Kobe Bryant get drafted right out of high school, shaking David Stern's hand. They they saw his growth as and progression as an NBA player. They saw how they kind of mimicked his game after Michael and kind of remixed it to a, to a certain extent. And I'm thinking to myself, man, how does DeMar feel right now? And I turn on Sportsnet to watch the Raptors game, and that's the first thing they're talking about. And you just see DeMar just kind of spread out on on, on the, uh, I guess, the bench, so to speak, and not really doing, not really moving at all. He was just in shock. You could tell that his eyes are a bit red, and I'm sure he was just bawling his eyes out, and with good reason, you know. And this is a guy who, again, patterned his game after uh, Kobe Bryant religiously. He had the, he even had the afro like Kobe did, you know? He has his own brand of shoes under the Kobe line. Uh, his footwork is Kobe, you know? it's. And then you saw him later on, you know, embrace with his former Raptors teammates. First, it was Kyle, who's basically his best friend. Then Norm came, and Norm is another player who patterns his game after Kobe. He even goes to the Kobe camps every year. Uh, Fred came on. Pascal came on. Malcolm Miller. It like it was such a somber, somber, somber sight to behold. And I'm still trying to make sense of it as they are as well. I mean, they have to play a game for goodness sakes. And no one wants to play a basketball game when they receive like the, the, the bi- biggest, most shocking news that could ever hit their system because Kobe wasn't that far apart from age from the rest of us. Like, full transparency, I'm 31 years old. Kobe Bryant is 41. Like I said earlier in the broadcast, he's the same age as my sister. I remember watching this guy on Moesha, the the sitcom that Brandy used to have, and he guest starred on an episode or two. And then in real life, they ended up going to prom together. And in the dunk contest um, later that year, that season in the NBA, Brandy was there watching him, cheering him on, just being like, the support of homegirl or girlfriend. I don't know what their, you know, title was at that time, but you know, they 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 were very close to one another. And I remember watching that on TV as an as an eight year old kid, man. I mean, I I I remember these things. 
So it just hit me so hard just being a basketball fan. And I know I've had my comments about Kobe over the years and just in terms of his game and what have you. But at the end of the day, the respect was always there and it's still there to this day and it will never go because I can confidently say that as a young man growing up watching the game of basketball, falling in love with the game of basketball, being heavily infatuated with the game of basketball. There are so many names that, that come to my mind and in no particular order, you know, it was Jordan, it was Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, and of course, Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's more for me to rattle off, but these are the names that that always stuck with me as a kid going into my teenage years. And hearing his passing, in all honesty, I felt like my child, a piece of my childhood died with it. And I guarantee, if I if I can look hard enough in my room, I'm sure I can find um, a, a Kobe Bryant poster that I had from Slam Magazine from the 2001-2002 season when the 9-11 incident happened, where the where the players all across the league had to wear that crest on the, I think the left or the right side of of their jersey, where it had like the uh, the ribbon of the American flag to show solidarity. And I remember the Raptors one in particular. It was a ribbon, but it had the the American flag and the Canadian flag side by side with it to show that we're we're with them in spirit as well. But I remember having that 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 um that poster, and he still had the afro. He had the armband on the on his left arm. Uh, he had the um the the Adidas Kobe sneakers, the ones that we don't really like to talk about that much because we have. We hold Kobe uh, Kobe in such high reverence that we don't want to mention any questionable-looking sneaker that he had back in the day, but it's whatever, man. I mean, it is what it is. And, he, of course, he was still wearing the iconic number 8 jersey. So, yeah, it's been a hard week, to say the least, for a lot of us. I mean, even me coming into work the next day was difficult. Um, and then even before I get into that, I remember later that night... Um, I guess I had stayed off my phone for a while just to try and soak in all the news. I've yet to even touch Instagram, to be honest. I touch Facebook. I touch Twitter, but that's about it. And I remember just in all the separate group, group chats that I have with all my friends. One of them I have with my coworkers. Um, shout out to the Dibsy homies. <laughs> um, they're like, yo, did you hear about Kobe? Oh, my God, this and that about Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And everyone was like, yo, where's Dan? Where's Dan at? Because Dan, like, everyone knows I'm a ball head. You know what I mean? Like, it's self-explanatory at this point. You guys already know. So I, I chime in. I'm like, guys, sorry, man. I, I was just taking in the news. You know, like, I'm sick to my stomach right now. Everything. And then one of my boys, uh, my man Drew Breezy, shout out to my man Drew. He called me around 7 o'clock at night, just after 7 o'clock at night. And he barely calls. Like, we we text. We, we're in the group chat. We already know what it is. So, if he's calling, it's either because I'm on road and I'm I'm getting close to where he's at, or something big happened. Like the last time this guy called me was when Kawhi hit that miraculous shot, you know, uh, against the 76ers. That was the last time he called me that I remember at the very least. Um, but he called me and all he said, "Yo, what the hell happened?" And then I'm just like, "Wait, hold on, you're just hearing about this?" And then he explains to me. 
he was working the night shift, so he sleep here throughout most of the day and what have you. So that that made sense. But yeah, to just get his genuine reaction, you know, just at like what four or five hours after the incident took place, it made the rest of the day very very difficult for me to process. And even there's a few things happening in the day. So the the Raptors game, I was looking forward to watching because you know I'm 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 gonna watch the Raptors regardless. I was gonna do a few things on my laptop that I need to take to to take care of. And then I was gonna watch the Royal Rumble that night. And I eventually did watch the Royal Rumble, but like, man, I it needed I needed everything in my soul to like focus on that because oh, it was hard. It was hard. Um the Grammys were on that night, but I don't think I was even gonna watch the Grammys that night anyway. And I'm gonna talk about the Grammys later on tonight, by the way. Um but yeah, it was hard. That day was hard. And then going to to uh, to work the next day, waking up, it didn't feel real. I was like, did did la- did yesterday really just happen? I I can't believe it. I don't want to believe it. And what was cool, you know, silver lining, if any, about the the following Monday was. We had our Monday morning meetings as we normally do. And my manager, you know, by the end of the meeting, but right before the end of the meeting, he had like all these slides prepared and what have you. And by the end of the meeting, he opened up about his fandom of Kobe Bryant. And it was kind of cool to hear and refreshing to hear because he has just recently come into his new role and what have you. And we're we're still trying to get to know more about him and what have you. Uh, and then he just opens up about Kobe and like how he applies a lot of the quotes that Kobe has made over year, over the years to his career and in not just his career but you know his life in general. And later on that week, I kind of pulled him to the side. And I was like, oh, honestly, like thank you, like thank you for mentioning that. Thank you for being transparent about that because you know like that's something that I needed to hear. And with somebody like Kobe and I'm going to be very transparent here again like let's say because Kobe is a black celebrity he's a black man when it comes to you know black men like they're dead today gone tomorrow and forgotten forever I feel like and I felt like that was going to be the case going into work the next day I thought people may mention it for a moment and then just let it go but I just respect and appreciate the fact that he made him a part of his Monday morning meeting presentation, you know, something basic, but to me, it meant a lot. And we had that talk for about 10 minutes and it was just great to, you know, kind of bond on that moment. And the next day on the Tuesday, we usually not, not him in particular, but like a lot of us coworkers, we usually get together and play basketball at a nearby court um, on Tuesday nights from six to eight. And, the attendance had been uh, had fluctuated a bit here and there, but that night, that Tuesday night, man, like how many of us? Maybe fifteen of us. And as far as I've been working at that at, at that facility, uh, that's the most that's the, the 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 highest amount of numbers I've ever seen. And there are people who are coming out who I didn't even know played basketball. I was like, "You're coming? Okay." This is great, you know, and they, it was just, you know, the Mamba mentality, right? Like, everybody got together for a cause. It was, like, a, a cause that we all want to get together for, to play basketball because we love the sport, we enjoy it, and 
if it weren't for Kobe, then we, and then a lot of us probably wouldn't enjoy the sport as much as we did. And the energy that night, it was there was an emotional energy, a very emotional energy. Everyone had an emotional response. Me, you know, you guys already know me. I'm a very charismatic and passionate individual. So like every shot that I was hitting, every play that 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 I made, whether it was a steal or you know I was poking the ball away or it was an assist. I made a jumper or I made a difficult and one basket. I was in my primal rage, basically, just because, you know, I felt like the spirit of Kobe was in that gym that night. I'm sure it was in a lot of gyms all over the world. And everyone's like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, even just getting, like, an alley-oop layup or whatever. I was like, ah, whatever, you know? So it, it, it felt good that night to play with so many people that I normally play with, but also people who I didn't even know played basketball. It was great. So the Mamba mentality energy was definitely present that night, and I'm sure a lot of people felt it that night. But uh, what we're going to do now is we're just going to go to a quick commercial break, um, and then when we get back, I'm just going to – you know, go through the reactions of a lot of players um, who, you know, share their experiences with Kobe and a lot of players who are past and present in the league right now and and just talk about the legacy of Kobe Bryant and what he leaves behind and where the game will go from here on out. Um, so keep it locked. This This is Cool Radio, and we will be right back after this quick break. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. It is your man DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Okay, so we are, you know, talking about Kobe Bryant for the majority of this episode because how can't you? You know, for this show to, you know, talk about music, sports, politics pop culture in general i would be insulting your very intelligence if i did not even mention a peep about kobe bryant so i was just kind of going through um my initial reaction to when i first found out about his passing uh and then the days that followed what i want to talk about is the players reactions for the most part i already i know i already touched on demar and i kind of shot a little blurb um, in regards to LeBron James getting the tattoo. That was more of like a breaking news thing. But I want to talk about the players' reactions and then also the legacy that he leaves behind and how these uh, players of of this generation kind of carry on tradition in that regard. So, you know, apart from Jamar and the Toronto Raptors and what have you, um, actually one thing I want to mention that I'm sure many of you guys caught was the fact that during that Raptors game, and and a lot of other games followed suit afterwards, um, they held the ball for 24 seconds each to run out the shot clock because we all know 24, uh, 24 shot clock violation happens when you don't release the ball within 24 seconds of a possession, as well as we know that 24 was the second jersey number of Kobe Bryant. Um, in regards to the number eight jersey, I believe that there are players – who kept the ball at half court for the eight-second violation, um, again, to commemorate Kobe Bryant, whose first jersey number as an NBA superstar, or as an NBA star, basically, or player, I should say. But, yeah, eventually superstar, was number eight. So very classy ways to commemorate his memory. Um, and 
yeah, just I remember that day seeing the players' reactions. Austin Rivers looked like a broken individual. And I no means mean that in a, in a comedic way at all, but he looked like he was broken. Um, Doc Rivers, coach of the L.A. Clippers, broken. Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich, very melancholy when he was talking to the press at the end of the game. And normally he's not one to talk to the press. He hates talking to the press, but he actually didn't mind this time at the very least and actually thanked them for you know giving his players the space to kind of deal with what had just happened, like, they lost the game against the Raptors, but he didn't even give a damn. He was like, who cares? Because we all lost a lot more um, that day. Um, sorry, not Kobe. Um, Tim Duncan cried. Becky Hammond, the one of the assistant coaches for the Spurs and former WNBA player, she she was bawling her eyes out as well. So many players were, were, were rocked by this. Um, there was an overhead... There was overhead... Um, footage from a helicopter uh that zoomed in on lebron james as they're playing touchdown wherever they were at and you can see lebron james just wiping his eyes profusely Dwayne Wade put out a message on on social media and again he was in tears i was watching the jump uh with rachel nichols and she had uh players former and current uh who are talking on that show tracy mcgrady is a regular on that show and he was on the show and my heart, man, my heart goes out to him cause, just because they came up in the same era. You know, Tracy was drafted a year after Kobe. And again, like Kobe, he came straight out of high school. And again, like Kobe, their ascendance into the league, it was a bit of a slow burn. It took about two or three years for both of them to finally, you know, get the, get the, uh, the wheels turning uh, into superstardom, essentially. And I just saw him just describing a story about how his daughter and Kobe's daughter would play basketball together and they would play against each other one-on-one for fun. And he would say how he would watch um, Kobe's daughter, Gianna, do like a, like a spin move and fade away. And he'd be like, man, that's Kobe. That's her daddy right there, you know? So just like watching him, you know, describe that story and just watching him just break down in tears, it was... I commend him for being on the show that day to describe such a heartbreaking story. I couldn't even imagine, you know, being one of those players. You know, Paul Pierce described the story. Uh, Ice Cube, who's been a lifelong Laker fan, um, described that story. Uh, who else? Vince Carter. Um, I saw him doing a press not a press interview, but it was more of a scrum. It was more of a media scrum. He was on the court, and he was talking to reporters about Kobe. I, I watched that. It's about 15 minutes or just under 15 minutes long. But the day that it happened, or mainly the day after, he was in tears as well because he was playing the game with Atlanta. I can't remember which team they were playing against, but, again, he was just in tears because, again, Vince was part of that same era. He got drafted into the league about two years after Kobe Bryant did. And, but beyond that, they played on the same AAU uh, squad together uh, back when they were teenagers. So, again, they're part of the same cloth. They're part of that late 90s, early 2000s renaissance of players that came right before Jordan left and after he left where you were wondering where the league was going to go, what direction it was going to take. And you saw players like Kobe Bryant. Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson just carry on tradition in a sense. Like, they were that holding pattern for us. Like, they were essentially, 
either on the come up or in their primes or at the peak of their popularity, besides from Kobe, of course, because we know why. Um, while people like me who were born in the late 80s, late 80s to early 90s were probably in middle school by that time, we were going to, you know, the the, the community centers playing basketball every Wednesday, you know, for me and Mississauga at that time emulating our favorite players i had a vince jersey my boy rico he had a kobe jersey um dudes had the iris jerseys everyone had the team at jerseys like everyone just had their player that they wanted to stick to you know so he was a big part of my childhood and my teenage years growing up as well uh but yeah just going back to the players i mean it was hard for a lot of players to play i mean i haven't seen all the, re- the reactions yet just because it's been a very busy and tumultuous week for me to say the least but you know kyrie irving I heard had a very touching tribute to Kobe and he was just in tears. And I think the game that they found out that Kobe passed away, I think he didn't play that game. I think he just refused to, and I don't blame him, you know? Um, But yeah, it's been a tough week. It's been a very tough week for a lot of the players, but honestly, just in regards to the, the legacy that he leaves behind, he was one of the players that elevated the game of basketball and, you know, you have your legends, you have, you have Jordan, you have Shaq, you have whomever. But Kobe really helped maintain the popularity of basketball, not just in America, but all across the world. <coughs> and I think back to the uh, Beijing Olympics in 2008, the Redeem team, when the USA basketball program had kind of fallen on hard times from the time they played in Sydney in 2004 up until then you know whether it was the Olympics or whether it was the World Basketball Championships Team USA Basketball didn't have that same ring to it and you can attribute that to the growth of basketball as a global sport throughout the rest of the world but you needed Team USA to kind of be the uh, to be the anchor to be the, the, the standard bearers of what basketball is you know in the world and then that's when he came together along with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Durant. Um, Carmelo Anthony was on that squad at the time as well. Du- Dwight Howard was on that squad. Jason Kidd, uh, D- Darren Williams. I think Michael Red was on that team as well. Uh, there were so many talented individuals. Chris Paul was on that team. I believe Chris Bosh was on that team as well. Like They really came together and made it the redeem team, and that was the – best collection of of stars on one team since the initial dream team from Barcelona 1992 and Kobe it was a big deal because you're already hearing about LeBron being on a team and at this point in time he's already reaching into his prime uh well not even reaching into he's four years into into his career but like he was ascending I, I should say Dwayne Wade was was already fresh off of a championship Bosch was becoming arguably the best power forward in the Eastern Conference. Dwight Howard is probably the best big man in the league at that time. Like We had prime names like Carmelo Anthony. I, I know I harp on him from time to time, but he was probably the most prolific scorer at that time in the league as well. And you're thinking, okay, we already have this in the bag. Like this is We're good to go. And I'm saying we as a, as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, I should say. But then you hear about Kobe Bryant being on the team, and this was – him being fresh off of his MVP campaign. And you're like, yo. So on top of all like the young bucks that we got on the team, now we got Kobe as well. Yo, it's a wrap. Like, like, wrap it up. You know what I mean? So 
he really helped the, the 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 sport of basketball grow globally, but especially in China. And mind you, I give all credit to Yao Ming for uh, blowing up the sport of basketball in China, but in Beijing in 2008 for the Olympics, man, they may have that 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 redeem team may have created another international renaissance. The way the dream team did back in 1992 that created the initial the the initial renaissance, I think that redeem team created another renaissance period for international players to come into the league. And Kobe played a big part in that because he played exceptionally well during that campaign. And his popularity, his own individual popularity alone grew along with Tracy McGrady as well. Um, and I think with Tracy's, it more so had to do with the fact that there was a lot, there was a large um, Asian contingency within Houston, and because of the fact that Yao Ming played for the Houston Rockets uh, during his career as well, so that helped. But with Kobe in particular, his campaign at the Beijing Olympics in 2008 really helped establish the relationship that China had uh, has, and I guess had um, with the NBA for for many years to come afterwards. He became a global icon, and like he kind of redeemed himself, especially after the uh, Colorado incident as well. And in all honesty, I'm not even going to address that. I'm let this be the first and last time that I address that because I'm not here to address anyone who wants to have accusations about the charges that took place in 2004. I'm here to remember Kobe for the legend and the icon that he is, and that he was, and that he always will be. So I'm not about to have that argument right now on the show. If you want to have that with me, fine. But we're not discussing this on the show. We're just we're celebrating Kobe as a human being and as an NBA player and, and as a superhero to to so many people growing up. So miss me with all those false accusations. But anyways, to to keep it moving. He really did a lot for himself during that point in time. He kind of like redeemed himself in that regard. He got the MVP award. Um, the Kobe sneakers that he came out with in the Nike brand, um, the Black Mamba, the, the 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 moniker that nickname really came about during that that period in time. So many things, and and it's very rare to see not just basketball players but athletes hang on to their prime for so long. And I feel like that speaks to Kobe as a competitor, as an athlete, as the supreme talent that he is as a basketball player. And for him to be playing professional basketball from age 18 up until, what, 36, I think? 36, 37, maybe 37, I would say. Almost 20 years in the league. The amount of mileage that you've put on your body, especially when you consider a player who has gone to the NBA Finals multiple years throughout his career. So you got to think about it like this. You're playing training camp. You're in training camp in September. You're playing exhibition games in October, like early October. By late October, the regular season begins. The, the regular season ends in, in April. The playoffs begin in April, and they go until June, and then June is the NBA Finals. Kobe made that trip throughout his, entire, throughout his career on multiple occasions. That is going to put a ton of mileage on your body for those who may not be aware. And for him to have done that for almost 20 years, that is an in, that is an immeasurable feat. And Kobe's passing means a lot to me as a Canadian in particular for two things. 
One, because of the fact that when, or I, I'll say three actually. First off, because of the fact that when Vince was here, Vince was my superstar. Like what what Kobe was to a lot of people growing up in LA, for example, Vince was to be growing up in Toronto and in Canada as a whole. And whenever I saw those two duel against one another, I always said to myself, man, like, do we have a superstar that measures up to Kobe? Like, like does Vince measure up to Kobe? Like, I want to see them. I want to see Vince go at his best against Kobe. Like, I need to see that. I I need to see that just for for peace of mind's sake, you know. And again, there are two of my favorite players growing up. And as a basketball player myself, just someone who played basketball on a regular basis, I didn't play in varsity or AAU or anything like that. I just played for the love of the game. I patterned my game. Uh, with respect to the guards and the forwards and just the swing men and the wing players of the league. So I always paid attention to Kobe. I always paid attention to the Vince. I paid attention to Allen Iverson. And then I paid attention to, to Dwayne Wade growing up as well, so on and so forth. So I always wanted to see that as a measuring stick of some sort. I was like, do we have a, a superstar that's at the caliber of Kobe Bryant, you know? And then second thing was the 81-point game. And I've been on record to critique Kobe and to critique the Lakers as a whole, but when I watched that game as a 17-year-old kid, or teenager rather, um, I was like, by by halftime, he was already at, he was at already over 50 points. And I said to myself, I want to see if he can do more. Can he get to 60? Can he get to, can he get to 70? 80 maybe? Like, can he be, beat Will Chamberlain's record? Like, I want to see. And the next day, we were all talking about it at school. I didn't even care. And I'm sure that's where the, the, the Raptors hate grew for a lot of Torontonians as well as like, you know, F the Raptors, F the, the whole Raptor stigma. I think that's where it kind of began, to be honest, after that. Because everyone kept on thinking to themselves, yo, you let one man score 81 on you? Like, yo, you're a waste. You're a, you're a waste team. You're a waste youths. So I think that's where it came from, to be honest. And, like, for better or for worse, I kind of hated Kobe for that, but I always respected him. I always viewed him as, like, the villain that you love to hate, if anything else. But at the end of the day, you still had that love for Kobe because he was that much of a fierce competitor. And then the third thing for me was this, and this one dawned on me maybe a day after he died. His final All-Star game was in 2016. All-Star weekend in 2016 was in Toronto. For the first time ever. I never thought in a million years. That I would live to see the day. That we would have an all-star weekend. In Toronto. Never mind Toronto. Just in Canada. We had it in Toronto. And it was Kobe's final appearance. Not only in Toronto. But in the NBA, as far as the All-Star Weekend is concerned. I mean, you can't even quantify that into words. I, I, I even remember the jacket, the varsity jacket that, that, that Drake came in. And it had all these LA emblems on it and all these Kobe euphemisms on it as well. As a Canadian basketball fan who was born and raised in Canada and grew up in Canada his entire life, that like seeing Kobe on Canadian soil for the final time in an all-star game meant the world to me. Even by then, I still had, like, my, my critiques and what have you, but I still had love and respect for the man, the competitor, the individual that Kobe was. <sighs> Just thinking about that, it's, 
it it, it really settles in you. It really <clears throat> it's it settles for for a moment. Um, but yeah, like I'll always remember that just as a Canadian basketball fan, and I'm sure there may have been kids in that audience who are watching Kobe for the first time, or adults who had watched Kobe their entire lives and got to see him at an All Star game for the first time. They may have spent like five thousand dollars on a ticket and the nosebleeds, but to them it was all worth it. And you can never take that moment away from them. That moment is priceless to them, and I would never want to take that moment away from anyone, regardless. But <clears throat> that's that's definitely a moment that will be that will be held to you know a high standard in a lot of people's hearts and souls for a very long time to come. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that you really got to sit upon. Um, I can only imagine what his family is feeling right now, and not just his family, but the family of all. The loved ones that that suffered in in that in that horrific accident. Um, his daughter Gianna, I feel so so terrible for her because she never got to live her life. She was only thirteen, and it seemed like she was on her way to ascending into a career in basketball. And you just never know how she could have turned out as a professional basketball player. And not just that, but just as a human being as well. Like, she never got to live her life. Kobe got to live his life, but he still had much more to give. And that's one thing I got to give props to, to Kobe. Very seldom do you see a retired athlete in any sport still continue to give back to the game the way he did. The camps that he held, the way that he would offer his words of wisdom and advice to players who are in the game today, like he had a very close relationship with a lot of players. Devin Booker, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving. Like just the, the names go on and on and on and on. I mean, was it like last year or two years ago, he was tweeting at players that he held relationships with and told them to achieve something. One thing in particular was with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He said, now is your time to win the MVP award. The very next season, Giannis wins the MVP award. And I can only imagine what's going to happen this year because Giannis looks like he's on pace to win it again. So I can only imagine what's going to happen this year. Like it's going to mean that much more to Giannis. The fact that Kobe reached out to him and said, win the MVP. You have it in you. And then with LeBron James, especially. I think we need to keep in mind, and I, I'm surprised I haven't, I haven't even mentioned this yet, but we have to keep in mind that not even a full day before Kobe tragically lost his life, but like let's say half a day before that happened, the Lakers, the LeBron-led Lakers at that, I should say, played against the Philadelphia 76ers at Philadelphia. And for those who don't know, Kobe was raised in Philadelphia. He was born and raised in Italy, but then moved to Philadelphia when he was about six or seven years old and grew up in Philadelphia. LeBron passed Kobe for third all-time in the scoring in the scoring list in NBA history. So now third so, so now LeBron is third all-time and Kobe is fourth. And Kobe was singing his praises all week because he knew it was going to happen regardless. And I think Kobe tweeted at him before the game, but then he tweeted at him after the game as well. Basically, 
passing on the torch to LeBron in a sense. I mean, he's been doing that from time anyway. But what makes it so eerie was the fact that that would end up being Kobe's final tweets. And I know a lot of people have this debate between LeBron and Kobe and what have you, but I feel like that debate, especially because it, it the, the final words of Kobe were praise for LeBron, I think it needs to be put to rest. Let's let's end it. I know maybe in a few years it'll come up again. And I'm sure there's going to be a vocal minority of people who are still going to have that debate. And that's fine, I guess. It's sports. But let's just put it to rest. Let's just... Let's just put it to rest for now. Just for now. I'm not even going to say for years to come, but let's just put it to rest for now. Because they are both great in their own individual ways. And I've been saying that for years. You know, I've always ranked LeBron higher than Kobe, but that doesn't mean that, that you know, I hold LeBron in a higher regard than Kobe. Like, they're still great players in their own right. Like, it's hard to quantify greatness when, it, when, it, when, it all, when it's all said and done. And they should be respected as great players in their own right. And I got wind of what the All-Star Weekend is going to be like this, or the All-Star Game, I should say, is going to be like this year. And um, apparently what's going to happen is Team LeBron and Team Giannis, the two leading vote-getters, one team is going to wear number eight, and the other team is going to wear number 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant. And I think at the in the final quarter of the game, instead of, you know, the typical format in which, you know, whichever team has the most points by the end of the quarter wins. I think what they're going to do is whichever team scores 24 first, scores to 24 first, is going to win the game. So it's going to be kind of like a pickup game in a sense. And I get, like, the, the league is, has been trying to find ways to make the game competitive, and I've just been saying from the from the hip, the players themselves get to dictate whether or not the game is going to be competitive. But I would hope for this occasion – because it pertains to Kobe Bryant and how much of a competitive monster he was, that they'll just make it competitive regardless whether or not this rule change uh, was going to be implemented anyway. But I feel like now more than ever, I want them. I beg for them to be competitive because Kobe would have wanted them to be competitive. Uh, I And you think about the certain players who are injured this year, like Kevin Durant. I'm sure he would be... I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to be in this all-star game because of the fact that it's Kobe. And I'm sure that's one of the players that he looked to, up to growing up as well, especially with him being such a lethal assassin in terms of offense and scoring. But, you know, just to kind of wrap up, you know, this tribute. And you know what? I'm not even going to do Wankster of the Week. I'm really not because who, my, who I had lined up for Wankster of the Week doesn't even deserve acknowledgement doesn't even deserve it same way i decided to not acknowledge the people who wanted to bring up his his um sexual assault case from back in 2004 i'm not even going to acknowledge that person either and i'm not going to acknowledge the wanks of the week either also i was going to talk about you know trip talk and um and who we had lined up for that topic and it's going to be grammy related but i'm not going to talk about it this week this week i didn't even in all honesty i didn't think i'd be talking about kobe for this long and we're almost running into an hour i didn't think i was going to do it for this long i really didn't but again like i said at the beginning of the show i had no script prepared no 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 lines prepared usually i do as far as what points to get at like just little notes i want to jot down but this one just came from the heart straight up it came from the heart it came from someone who's been a fan of basketball for a very long time um ever since i was four years old ever since i i knew how to put words together 
And this is just my my tribute to Kobe Bryant because as much as I, as I've criticized his his game as far as the way he chooses to lead players or the way he kind of in my opinion at least didn't really really um differentiate his game from Jordan what have you I've I've made those comments before I'll be very transparent like you guys can run back the tape I've said this on the radio show I've said this on other platforms I've said it in live conversations I've had with people off air but at the end of the day my respect for him has always been there my love and admiration for for his competitive spirit and nature has always been there and it will never dissipate and me personally when it comes to the Lakers as a franchise as an organization I've said some comments about the Lakers, and I, to be honest, I still stand by those comments, but just out of respect for people who grew up a Kobe fan and they know that he wore the purple and gold his entire career, you're not going to hear any, you're not going to hear a whole lot of the Lakers slander out of me for, for a while. I'm not going to put like a timestamp on it, but you're not going to hear from me for a while. That much I can guarantee because at the end of the day, Laker fan or not, we all respected Kobe. And the respect for Kobe should be should be honored, which means him wearing that Lakers jersey, whatever the case may be, his legacy legacy should be honored. So, you know, in honor of Kobe Bryant, you know, as a fan of the game of basketball, as a fan of Kobe Bryant, as a youth growing up, and just as a fan of his competitive spirit, Kobe being Bryant, as a fan, I love you. I thank you for the memories that you gave me as a young child growing up who was trying to find himself in the game of basketball, who tried to build up his self-esteem playing the game of basketball. I thank you for having such a tough spirit and a competitive one at that. I thank you for persevering and overcoming the odds that you that that, that faced you in your career, both personal and professional. And I thank you for being a guru and a an abbot of the game, even when you retired. To go out of your way and talk to players like Giannis, to Damar, to Kyrie, to LeBron, to give them the keys and to tell them to drive on and carry on tradition. I thank you for that. And I love you for that. And all your fans love you and adore you as well. I mean, even something as simple as crumpling up a piece of paper and then yelling out Kobe and then, you know, watching it go into the dumpster. Like, things like that I didn't even take into consideration. But I do now more than ever. And, you know, going forward, whenever I play my, my game of pickup basketball, whether it's with friends or coworkers, whatever the case may be, like, I'm going to have, I'm definitely going to have you on my mind for sure, definitely. So, again, Kobe, Thank you so much for being a part of my childhood. Thank you so much for continuing my love for the game of basketball. You know, if it weren't for people like Kobe or Vince Carter or Michael Jordan or whomever, I I wouldn't be on the air having this discussion right now. And before I go, I really want to give a special shout out to Cabral Richards, a.k.a. Cabby, because Cabby was one of the first people that I've ever seen, if not the first that I ever seen make Kobe look human. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but when I saw his interviews as, you know, a teenager 
the way he interviewed Kobe. And for those who know Cabby, like his interview style is revolutionary. He made me want to jump into broadcasting. But when I saw him interviewing Kobe on multiple occasions and getting into his personal space and doing his, you know, Cabbyisms, so to speak, and the way that Kobe opened up to him, I think that was probably one of the first times in a long time that I saw Kobe being human, not being the black mamba or being the serpent or being the assassin that he was in the court. He was just Kobe Bryant, the human being. Seeing Kobe, or sorry, seeing Cabby conduct an interview with Kobe in a helicopter, ironically enough, I've never seen that before. Like, that's just innovative journalism right there at its best. And then to hear him break down in tears on TSN the other day, talking about all the memories that he had and how heartbroken he was, but then talking about the good times that he had on Tim and Sid earlier this week uh, in regards to the interviews that he did with Kobe Bryant. I remember watching um, Cabby on court surfing, you know, profiling highlights of Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, and what have you. So, again, those are just the memories that I carried with me as a youth growing up. And I'm sad that, you know, I'm not going to see Kobe Bryant in the physical anymore. But I'm thankful that I had those memories with him nonetheless as a young child and as a teenager and as a young adult growing up up until now. So once again, Kobe Bryant, thank you so much for giving me those sweet memories as a, as, as, as a youth. And I will never forget them. I promise you that. And if there's anything that you can take away from the Mamba mentality is to never give up at your craft and to always perfect your craft. Even if you're super talented at it and you think like you, you know, you think you can just kind of coast around with just your talent. No, work on your talent, work on your craft as much as you possibly can. Even if it kills you, just continue to work at it and strive to be excellent at it so that no one can ever question you at your craft. That in essence is what the Mamba mentality is all about. And with that, I say to you all, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'll keep you guys updated on what, on uh, the details of the next episode. And if you guys have any thoughts or concerns that you want to share with me in regards to Kobe Bryant and your fondest memories of him, give me a shout on social media at Cool Radio CC on multiple platforms. Um, and I'd be very curious to hear what you guys have to say about Kobe and and how he impacted your life. Even if he didn't, if you, if you just have a memory of Kobe that you just want to share, please, by all means, feel free to share that. And um, I can't wait to share this episode with you guys, you know, when it eventually becomes a podcast. But, yeah, follow me on social media on on, on uh, all platforms at Cool Radio CC. Um, and as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. And Mamba out.